Good morning. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn it to Revelation chapter 4. Um, and that's where we're going to be this morning. I, I have to confess that I'm, uh, when I kind of look through the, uh, the stuff that I would be teaching today uh, through the, the course of, of our next series, and I saw Revelation, got a little worried. Um, not a, Revelation freaks me out. Um, and I'll let you in on a little theological secret why it freaks me out is because um, from what I can tell from my studies, um, every prophecy in Scripture has a coinciding interpretation of the prophecy, except for Revelation for the most part. Uh, so a lot of times when you go to, to a book like Revelation that doesn't have a lot of interpretation of the prophecy, you're, uh, there's a lot of conjecture and that... Uh, that freaks me out. So um, I don't want to ever really authoritatively say something uh, that may or may not be true. And when you preach from Revelation, you're really at, at uh, a disadvantage there to do that. However, Revelation 4 and 5 isn't really much prophecy, so we're okay. It's good. Relax. It's okay. You're going to be fine. So am I. Uh, so that's good. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. What what do you find to be stunning? When I say to you, something is stunning, what, what, do you, what do you find in this world to be stunning? Not a rhetorical question. Would love some feedback. My wife. Your wife. Excellent. Excellent. I would like to agree with you, but that might be a little bit inappropriate. <laughs> uh, yes, but I like your wife, your spouse, absolutely. What else do you find to be stunning? A sunset. Yes. What did somebody say over here? The beauty of the earth. The of the earth. Yeah. Devin again. How strong ants are comparatively for their size. Yeah. That is like, that's, a, I mean, people are kind of giggling at that, but that's a, that is stunning. Like if we were that strong comparatively, we would be really strong. <laughs> Sean. Yeah, yeah, it's all these, like, there's so much. One of the things that I want you guys to do, one of the things that I want me to do is to see and recognize the stunning when you encounter it and, and like, mental note, wow, that's stunning. Um, because I think we were created, I don't think so, I, I know that we're created to be stunned. Um, we have a craving to be stunned. When you see something stunning, what do you do typically? You want to gasp? You want to tell people about it? You want to show people? You want to, like, my son is like, he's always on YouTube on his iPad and he's seeing these funny videos. And when he sees a really funny video, the first thing he does, dad, 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 look at this, dad, dad, like dad, uh, seven times in half a second, dad. It's crazy. Because he wants to, to show it. I, um, I want to, to get our, our minds pressing forward here, I, I want to I see something and kind of give this definition. Things we don't see 
or cannot see every day or watching someone or something that we don't ordinarily see or watching someone do something that almost no one else in the world can do. Uh, For example, Simone Biles. uh, Throw that up there, Coop. Like that. That's incredible. That's stunning. Were you guys stunned watching her? Like literally fly through the air. It's incredible. It's stunning. Why is it stunning? Because like there's maybe one or two or three people in the world that can do the things that she can do. And that's stunning because we can't do it. Um, what about this? Uh, this happened a couple years ago. Odell Beckham, you guys football fans, for NFL Open today, woohoo. Um, uh, look at that. Like uh, if, if you've ever seen this video before, it's incredible. The way he's like, he can't even reach back that far, and he reaches and, and literally just grabs the tip of the football. It's, uh, it's stunning. Um, and then this one, uh, coming to my generation, uh, MJ, uh, flying through the air. Stunning, right? Uh, for those of you who were, like, paying attention when this happened, he dunked from the free throw line in the slam dunk contest, and it was like no one could talk about anything else except that for the, this, so, because he was, he looked like he was flying through the air. Air Jordan came from this, um, that he can fly, uh, out of the sports world and into art world. There's so many stunning things. Uh, Da Vinci's The Last Supper is an incredible thing. People flock for days and days, will literally go travel, spend to go and, and look at this painting up close and examine it and, and think through it because it's, it's stunning. And then uh, something called Stonehenge, uh, it's, it's incredibly stunning because we have no idea how, like, it's ancient. How could, like, these rocks are almost too big for our, like, modern-day cranes to lift, and these ancient people were, were creating us. It's, it's, it's stunning. Like, there's, how did this happen? Like, this, this just baffles our brains, and stunning things can baffle our brains for a number of reasons. Also, very similar to, the, to Stonehenge are the pyramids. Like, we don't, we have no idea how, how that could happen, how the, the, the engineering marvel that the, the pyramids are. How did that happen? How did they, how did they create it? What, what kind of dreamer walked in and said, this is what I want to do, you guys? And they laughed at him because, like, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. It's it's stunning. Um, uh, a sunset. You, Kathleen, you mentioned a sunset. I, like, this is something we can engage every single day. And, t- and tonight, it's the, the clouds are, are gone. It's not a very cloudy day. We'll be able to, to really engage and see the sunset. Take an opportunity maybe tonight. It's going to be a beautiful night. Go for a walk with your spouse or, or, or a friend and, and engage the sunset. And think about the idea of something being stunning. Um, Mount Everest is stunning. Someday I would love to be at, at the foot or, uh, of, of Mount Everest and look up at the, the beauty and the majesty and the strength and the, the stunning nature of Mount Everest. And this is another thing. Uh, Victoria, who was here before, lives uh, where she can see this consistently. Um, the Northern Lights. Uh, incredible. Like, this is a, a silly photograph, but imagine the, the, like, how does that, like, baffles the mind that these things are around. And, and I, like, the whole point of showing you this and spending these few minutes is, is for us to, to see that there are stunning things in this world. And 
also peak our, our brains for this idea that we're, we're attracted to the stunning. And, and you're probably maybe thinking about other things in your world that are stunning right now. And, and I, I want to train us and think about this idea to really engage and consider the things that are stunning and why they're stunning. From an athlete who can do something that no other human being can do to a, a, a marvelous uh, feat of, of mankind like Stonehenge or, or uh, Da Vinci or, or, or any of that stuff. And then to, to natural phenomenon like Mount Everest or like the Northern Lights, to, to begin to, to see things that are stunning in all these different ways and understand that we are created to crave and engage with that which is stunning. Um, every day, we live in a city with an incredible, marvelous, amazing, how did they do that stunning thing. And I drive by it every day, the arch, right? We live in, the, the city, in, in St. Louis, and I think we, we can de-stun the arch because it's, it's always been there since we've been kids, Right? I drive, I literally drive on my way home from work, I drive by the arch, and maybe once every 30 times I think, oh wow, there's the arch. And, but to, to stand at the base of the arch and look up at the sheer, mag, it's stunning. But when we, many times, we engage with the stunning and aren't stunned, because it's just, eh. yeah, I've seen that before. And we can, we can do that with, with many things. Um, but I, I want to read to you Revelation 4 and 5. Um, and, and I want to kind of, before I get to that, if you're a visual person, don't follow in your Bible. If you're, if you're a tactile person, go ahead and, and follow along in your Bible. Revelation 4 and 5. I'm going to read them to you. But I want to read them and, and kind of bring some dramatic nature to it. And, and I, I want you to see. There's incredible descriptive words that are here. Of, a, of, an, of an event that happened to John. So John, who wrote the Gospel of John in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, wrote this book, and it's really, uh, he's on an island by himself, dreaming in the Spirit, and, and creates this book that we call Revelation. And John was brought into this place to, to see the beauty and, and the stunning nature of, of what Revelation 4 and 5 talks about. So tactile people, following your Bible, uh, visual people, just maybe close your eyes and let the, the imagery of the words create something in your brain um, for us to be stunned with. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard, speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 Thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne 
there was as if it were a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created then i saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back and sealed with seven seals and i saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals and no one in heaven or earth, or under the earth, was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I now saw a lamb standing as it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and heard every creature and on earth under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Let me pray. God, I thank you for this beautiful language that you've given to us to see the, the wonder and majesty of what's ahead of us. 
God, I thank you that you've given our hearts and our brains and our beings this desire to be stunned, God. You are a stunning God. I thank you for the beautiful imagery of the visual and and the smells and the sounds, the smells of the incense and the the sounds of of the roaring voices like trumpets and the peals of thunder, and the brilliance of, of the lightning, and the, the jasmine, and the carnelian, and the beauty of all of those things, God. I thank you that we will one day experience that. You are a glorious and mighty God. Thank you for Jesus, the lion and the lamb, crushed so that we can engage the stunning experience. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Uh, so I want to do a couple of things. One, kind of look at the, the form of this story, the, the details that happened, and kind of draw some of those things out. Um, the form of the story, I think, looks like this. First, John is stunned by what he sees and hears. Uh, and then second, he sees a need. This is, a, by the way, this is the form of almost every story. We, we see beauty. We see, we have exposition of what's happened. And then we see a problem. John sees this need. There's no one to open the scrolls. And then there's a, a, a climax where uh, the, the problem, the protagonist and the antagonist kind of come together and fight in war. And the climax happens and, and the problem is solved and then we see the resolution following. And for this, it's we stunned, we see a need, Jesus satisfies the need, and then at the conclusion of that, that which is stunning is even more stunning, or stunning more fully. And that's kind of the, the form of here. Uh, but I want to walk through first chapter 4 um, and remark on a few things. The, the first thing that he says is, he walks in and he sees this, engages this thing, and he hears the voice like a trumpet. Um, like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with uh, when during worship when we're together. Like last week we had a, a guest come in and he led worship. He was great, but it's like Jeff and Kelly, right? Uh, and and to to hear them and that like. Whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that these are the, the, the two most brilliant musicians this world has ever seen. But like, it's, it's stunning to be together as a family, to have them lead us vocally in worship. And, and stunning for us to connect. There, there's, a, there's a truth to the, to the creation of, of what's happening in the midst of those moments. To hear those voices. And, and I think of, of the beauty of voices. Are, are, you, are you guys drawn to like really good Music, or just really good, even in nature, to, to see really good stuff attacking your ears with glory, and that's like the imagine like the voice of a trumpet to speak words. It's it kind of is is beyond us. Um, so yesterday we were we were painting at, at North County, and uh, Rick Nyhoff was was painting a, a gray. And we kind of chuckled. Uh, Stephanie said that her dad was, is, is colorblind, so everything's gray to him. It could be purple, and it's going to look gray. So whatever, what difference does it make? And I thought to myself, like, this voice of a trumpet is like Rick engaging color. The voice of a trumpet. We, can, we understand, we can 
replicate in our brains what a trumpet sounds like, but you ever heard a, a trumpet speak words? Like it doesn't, doesn't relate. There's something lost in the translation of that. Very similarly, imagine a, a colorblind person seeing color for the first time. That's incredible and stunning. The voice of a trumpet. Incredible and stunning. Something we've never been able to engage. Imagine that. That's stunning and makes me super excited. We will get to experience with our senses things that we've never experienced before. Breathtaking, stunning. Your God, stunning. It also says he has the appearance of Jasper. I found this out this week. I've just read about Jasper. I didn't have any idea what it is. Jasper is a smooth, marbled rock formation. It takes on various colors depending on the, the, the actual elements that are part of this rock. Most of the time, it shows up red, marbled, and black. Google it today. It's beautiful. And it's like this really smooth rock. And this is the, the, the appearance that God has, has manifested himself with here on the throne for John. This beautiful, smooth, marbled, red, and black rock that's strong and beautiful and, and gentle. This is your God. Carnelian is very similar. Smooth, marbled, brilliant in its composition. And then look at a rainbow that had the appearance of an evil, verse, of, of an emerald, verse 3. Like rainbow for us, is, I don't know, you guys can help me, you teachers probably. What are the, what are the colors of the rainbow in order? Orange G-Biff, what? Oh, whatever. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> I did ask. <laughs> um, so, like, a rainbow, again, an opportunity for us to engage with something on this earth in a new capacity of the brilliance of and brightness like you you never see the brightness of color like you see in a rainbow like a, a really good rainbow the brilliance of those colors exploding in such a way that we've never seen before it's a rainbow and an emerald like it it's it's baffling and stunning this is us 24 elders on 24 thrones clothed in white and i think of the, like the beauty that we've heard already, the, the voice of a trumpet and the, the emerald rainbow and the stuff that we've never seen before. And now these elders are sitting on thrones clothed in white. And my brain kind of creates this new sort of more brilliant white than we've ever engaged with before. Perfect, pure, holy. This is stunning. And I hope you're stunned with me. And then they have not just this, this perfect white but golden crowns on their heads. Um, then flashes of lightning and, and peals of thunder. A big, loud clap, a peal of thunder. Powerful. Seven torches. And surrounding the throne was a crystal glassy sea. All of this imagery. Like, we're, we're so distracted by... Stunning after stunning after stunning. So the, the loud claps and the voice of a trumpet and these perfect robes and these, these, this God on the throne with, with this, these beautiful carnelian and, and jasper, these things we've never seen before. And then 
everywhere we look is something new and something different and something stunning that we've experienced in part, but now experience complete. It's beautiful. And then these creatures, a lion, an ox, a man, an eagle, each with eyes in front and behind and on six wings, singing beautifully. Six wings on these creatures, and they're flying around and singing. they got eyes everywhere. It's kind of weird. Like, in comparison with the beauty of all these other things, and now these creatures are, like, it says in here, eyes within. I don't, I don't, how does that work? Why does that work? What, why is that? Like, I don't understand. But more, more stunning beauty in that, to watch and experience this. Then, uh, chapter 5, verse 4, the, he's, chapter 4 is all this stunning greatness. And then chapter 5, verse 4, we see the problem come about. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open a scroll or look into it. Like we, have you ever been in a place that seemed just about perfect and then experienced this need um, I think our, our world is full of this. Um, from, there's ver- there are very few things in the world that almost everyone would agree with. I think something that almost everyone on this planet would agree with is there's just something missing here. No matter what faith, if you're a, a Buddhist, a Christian, a, a Mormon, a, a Islam, Jew, with all of we can all come together on the fact that this planet, this earth, this life, there's something missing. Something that we lack. There's a need. If you're a, a male or female, there's something missing. If you're young or old, there's, you can, we can all agree on the fact that there's just something that's not quite right. We can, and, and I think as you consider that, even in the midst of seeing the stunning nature that this world provides, and we consider that there's something missing, we can relate to John. Today, 15 years ago, we remember that tragic event that happened on 9-11. Thousands of people died, willing people rushing into a burning, about-to-collapse skyscraper to try to save people's lives. We see, and then all the brokenness that was there, the, the hate that that birth that day and the hate that was spawned on that day. There's something missing in our world. We, we crave that something missing to go away and, and have plenty. But, and, and, and John, in the middle of this being stunned, verse chapter 5, 4 happens after John is just fully engaged, the, the voice of the trumpet and the, the claps of the thunder and the brilliance of the lightning and, and these colors never been seen before and, and the emerald rainbow and the glassy crystal sea. John has experienced that. And in the middle of that, he sees, he's aware of his need. He's aware of, of all of our need. Verse 5. So the it's stunning, and then a, a quick introduction to the need, and then the quick answer to the need. And one of the elders, 
One of those 24 guys in his white robe with his gold crown seated on the throne surrounding God said, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. For those of you with not a lot of Old Testament knowledge, that is Jesus. For behold, Jesus has conquered so that he can open the scroll and the seven seas. The problem has been solved. That's the point where you say, Amen. The problem has been solved. It's incredible. And the result of the problem being solved is, skip down to verse 11. Then I looked and I heard around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the voice of many angels numbering myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands. Think about that. I don't know how much a myriad is, but it's a lot. Myriads of myriads, right? So, so think that. So, okay, so we got a, a lot. Myriad is, is a whole bunch. And there's myriads of myriads. Millions of voices. In this beautiful sanctuary where we're engaging things we've never experienced before. The beauty of this earth combined with other beauties of, the thirst of this earth come together to form the incredible beauty that these millions of voices sing towards. And this is what they're saying. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. There is a beauty in store for you. You are created when you engage with something stunning. Devin, when you look at your wife and are stunned, you are there because God created you to be there. When we look at a sunset or Mount Everest or a beautiful picture or see an athlete do something they've nev- we, we have never seen before and could never imagine doing ourselves, we're, in, we're ingrained in us this desire to be stunned and we will one day without any blemish experience the beauty of that. Get, it's, we will be stunned stunned beyond our wildest dreams. Verse 13, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. You're having to listen to some dumb guy say those words. There'll be a time when the beauty of all of mankind and angels, millions, will we'll engage that with a, a voice never heard before. I want to bring this story applied, the form of the story. Remember, stunned, see need, Jesus satisfies the need, and even more fully participating in the stunning. Bring three pieces of application of this story. First, Jesus is stunning. More than that, the more we see how stunning he is, the more we see how stunning he is. Jesus is stunning, and the more we see how stunning he is, the more we see how stunning he is. That's like, 
I think God gave us something called math that repulses some of us to think about like exponents. Do you guys remember learning exponents? Like it's, it's 10 to the 12th power. It baffles my mind like you have to multiply 10 by something 12 times or something like that. I don't know. But it, the end of the story is it's a really big number. David, the math guy, is laughing at you, dumb guy. At the end of the story, it's, it's this big, big number. And, and that's, that's like the beauty of this. As we engage Christ and see how stunningly beautiful that he is and are led to see how stunningly beautiful that he is, we, that causes us to, to exponentially see the stunning nature of our God. And if we are incapable of fully grasping the beauty and the senses that we will use to engage the beauty on this earth, and we're reading it on a page, we will experience it to, in, to, to gaze upon Christ and his stunning nature. Looking at Jesus and his gospel is exponential. How do we look into seeing how stunning he is. Here's your Sunday school Bible answers. You read the Bible. You study the Bible. You memorize scripture. We're memorizing a beautiful passage of scripture. And we've got lots of tools all over social media and and tangible cards in the back for you to take with you to study, memorize, take in scripture, swallow it. And see how stunning our God is. I think here's, here's another way for us to see how stunningly beautiful Jesus is. Repent. We see our need. We see us as the cause for our need. And we turn from that and have Jesus tell us and show us and give us grace to turn from that. And then we see how beautiful that he is. Do you want to be stunned? I do. Repent. Pray, engage in community, love. To be stunned by Jesus, to take the path, the steps in, in which, to, like, do you know, if we wanted to go engage with Da Vinci's The Last Supper, we've got to go there. We've got to get on a plane, we've got to fly, we've got to do stuff to get there. It's, it's very similar here for us to walk down the path to be engaged by the stunning, beautiful nature of God. We've got things to do. One of the greatest things that you can do to see the beautiful, stunning nature of God and Christ is to just love. Let you process that. Serve. Pray. God has given us this. Discover and live in your purpose. I believe strongly you will never sense the power and beauty of God on this planet the way you do as when you are discovering and engaging in your purpose. Like, why did God create you with your gifts and your abilities and your talents and your drawings and your leanings and everything that makes up you? Why did God do that? When you discover that and then live in that, you see the beauty of God. Be in community. And the last thing, I think probably the that one of the, the easiest and best ways to be stunned by Jesus and to engage with his stunning nature is to be around people that are stunned by Jesus. 
Think about that. Second application of the story. Again, the form of the story is stunned, see a need, need fulfilled, and stunned more fully. Application for us is like, who was the one we see our need and who was the one that was able to, to open, the, to solve the need? That was Christ. We spend so much time trying to be stunned by things other than Jesus and put someone or something else in that place. This is the, the cliche, stereotypical thing. What do you put in the, in the seat of Christ? We're all guilty of it all the time. Let's, I, let's just do that. Let's, are we bold enough this morning? We're a smaller crowd this morning, mostly family. What do you, what do you, let's, be, let's ask a non-rhetorical question. What, what do you put in that seat? What do you seek as the thing to unlock the glory of this world that's not Christ? Money. Word. Yeah. We think that somehow money is going to stun us. It's a really, really bad God. What else? Perfection. Perfection? Like if you can be perfect? Mm. We have some perfectionists here in this room. That's, that's really good, Jessica. Consider that. If somehow we can just get a little bit better. Relationships. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's a big one. Because if you put a relationship on that spot, that relationship is going to fail you. And when that relationship fails you, you take it out on that relationship. It's not fair. Jesus. The only one that can sit there. What else do you put there? Possessions. Possessions. I got a whole list. <laughs> we all have a whole list. Here's something that really sat on my throne this week and really ticked me off. Um, this week was like really crazy. A lot of stuff happening. And um, I put me time on that list. There were like three days in a row where I woke up early in the morning and didn't sit down and do what I decided I wanted to do until like two minutes before time to go to sleep. That made me mad. This is my life. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to work. I don't want to drive kids around. I don't want to do all these things. I want to, I want to sit. And, I, and the worst part about that is when that happens, I just get mad. Just to get a bad attitude. You could come at me with the nicest, most cheerful smile in the world, and I'm going to grit my teeth and growl at you. But we do that, right? We're so craving stunning things that we try to create the thing that's going to give us. That's so stupid. We try to create the thing that's going to stun us. The thing that's going to stun us is already created and it's already on the throne. We just simply acknowledge it. The last thing is to see Jesus rightly. And that, what I just said kind of leads into that. The application of the story. We try to put stuff in this seat. 
when Jesus is already sitting there. Tear it away and see Jesus. And I heard every creature, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth. You, let, me, let me stop again and, and, and read this for a third time. We're, we're so ingrained to think we know exactly what the scriptures are saying. Verse 13, and I heard every creature. So which creature did you not hear? I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. We've seen and heard everything and the end of the story is every creature seeing the beauty of Christ. And thus, we are fulfilled. The answer, the response of the four elders to seeing this is, amen. Period. Let's pray. God, you are stunning. God, and I confess before my church family this morning that I seldom see you as stunning. My sin and my self-centeredness and my busyness of life and my stupid desires get in the way. Father, I want to be stunned by you. God, we want to be stunned by you. Your gospel and your son and your love is so stunning, Father. God, I thank you for the beautiful glimpses that we get to see that stun our hearts, pique our minds and our curiosities. Thank you for Jesus who sits on the throne. In his name, amen.